0: A lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. F- that. You don't got time. For that sh-. all right, let's go. Break it! Break it, Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, could I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen.
1: You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320
2: KLWN. Yeah! 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 Uh, every single year event from Brian Haney and the crew. And, uh, you know, this year will be no different. They've got a star-studded cast who are going to be joining the event, and uh, we're going to call the action here on KLWN tonight at 7.15, so we're looking forward to that, and uh, yeah, so just a live show. Until then, we've got some player interviews. We've got some uh, of the guys who are going to be here, whether it's playing or coaching, that – if you missed earlier this week, we're going to share for you today. We've got some new ones as well. Tyrell Reed is going to join us in the 4 o'clock hour. We're going to get to a draft of four-year Bill Self players with Scott Chasen coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. We're going to do our Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic Points Draft. That'll come up in the 5 o'clock hour and plenty more to get to on today's edition of RCST. So uh, the rosters are out. We shared them yesterday. If you haven't seen them, it's floating around. You can find them Um you know, online and everything. The Crimson team has won five straight of these matchups. So the blue team led by Brett Ballard is going to look to shake that winning streak. He said, we're adopting the mantra of being underdogs. We're adopting the mantra of um, being the the team who, you know, plays with that extra chip on their shoulder in this game. He also said they're adopting the uh, saying of uh, load the wagons, um, kind of tongue in cheek there. But uh, Wayne Simeon will look to protect the Crimson team's side of things I'm I'm looking at the rosters here of this one I don't know about you I I think this is the year the blue gets back on the winning streak I I like what the blue team looks like here if I'm setting a a Vegas line on this thing I got blue team minus three and a half
1: well I honestly think that it's going to be a bit of a toss-up because I think both these teams have a lot of talent the blue side Frank Mason Jeff Hawkins Devontae Graham Brady Morningstar just out of the guard spot then you have other big men's like big men like Cole Aldrich Ron Kellogg Christian Moody and on the crimson side, bringing back Greg Ostertag and Sharon Collins and Svi Makai Luke, and I may actually agree with you with the blue side. I mean, the red side has a lot of Kansas legends, a lot of Jayhawk legends in there, but so does the so does the blue side. You have a National Player of the Year in there, and a couple of Player of the Year you know guys that they looked for
2: yeah the crimson team has the ability with you know like selden could go for 30 tonight devon dotson he's the one that's interesting to me because a lot of times in this event if you if you haven't been out to this before and i'd highly recommend i don't know if there's still tickets available i would uh, go to 23rd street brewery in lawrence maybe give them a call to find out or if you're in topeka or kansas city give your nearby johnny's a call um but you know a lot of times with this event it's a lot of showmanship it's dunks it's alley-oops it's three point shots it's half court shots it's deep threes from everywhere you don't really see the a couple things like the hey let's just get it to the the big man on the block and let him go post up and and hit a hook shot or go to work and you really don't see either just like when i think of devon Dotson, i think of a guy who was as good as anybody in the bill self era as driving to the rim finishing through contact finishing over big men but it's i I just wonder like how often are we going to see that in a game like this but if he's willing to do it the holes are going to be there because you're not playing like ultra hard defense, you know, Cole Aldridge or Greg Ostertag or whoever the big man uh, is going to be down low. Like, yeah, they're going to try to block sh- some shots and, and play a little bit of defense, but they're not going to like try to hard foul you or something. So from that standpoint, like I could see Devon Dotson absolutely going off in a game like this, and they have the ability of of having those guys like Svee could just get hot from three. I just I look at the depth of the blue squad. I look at the overall many different options that they have. Many guys who I see can get a bunch of buckets. Um, so that's that's kind of the, the wild card to me. But the wild card there for the Crimson team, Malik Newman could just get Inferno. But, I, you know, we talked to Brian yesterday, and he said he's kind of coming off an injury, so we don't know how much he's going to play. Like, that kind of hurts the Crimson team as well. So I think blue team minus three and a half. We talked yesterday instead of the previous... Uh, 13 matchups and really 12 because one of them was the three-point shootout six of the 12 were decided by one possession last year it was not but that would tell you that about 50 percent of the time we are getting a one possession game so i think three and a half is probably the right number there
1: yeah i think that's reasonable i will say something i i would like to see you know you talked about the guards you know there may be just a lot of shooting in this not a whole lot of driving in the paint Trying to finish with contact. I would love to see a little guard dunk contest, though. Yeah. Because I'm just saying, there are some of these guys who are six one. Uh, Frank Mason's five eleven, and you know they're not Frank known for their. get up there. Yeah, they're not known for their dunking, but they can get up there. So you know, maybe a little flashy dunks in there. That would be really fun to see. Yeah, Tyshawn's always good for maybe a a fun dunk
2: or whatnot. And so, uh, you know, as as I'm looking at these rosters, uh, we have not heard from the coaches. We talked to them yesterday, and we'll replay that audio if you missed it uh, coming up later this hour. Um, But... They did not give anything away as far as the starting lineups. And, and I don't think it was necessarily them, like, trying to be coy or, or secretive about it, not to give an edge to the other guy. Because, again, this is a charity event, and it's for fun. And, and as much as Wayne and, and Brett, they might have a fun little wager over lunch or something like that. Again, it's a, it's, it's not something they're going to be secretive about. I think it's just something where they're just going to, like, you know, you just get there, you talk to the guys, you figure out who is most keen on starting, you figure out uh, who cares the most about doing it. So if I if I was trying to figure out my starting lineup. Um. I would say for the Crimson team, I'm going to guess Devon Dotson, Malik Newman, Wayne Seldon, and Svee Mikhailuk with four guards around the one with Greg Ostertag. I don't know how many minutes Greg is going to give us, but I could see him starting. And then if Malik's injury, you know, he's not feeling great, then I could see Elijah Johnson starting in that spot because um, Elijah also is, is just like such a good vet and teammate that he'd be cool coming off the bench if he has to but yeah if Malik can't play then I, then I, that's how I see that working out for the blue team I think Frank Mason, Devontae Graham, Tyshawn Taylor, Diedrich Lawson, Cole Aldridge those are all the guys that I kind of look to in that starting lineup the only question would be do you start Mario Little or Travis Relaford on the wing and then at that point play Diedrich Lawson at the five and maybe Cole comes off the bench uh, Cole's in great shape he bikes all the time but Uh, Maybe he doesn't want to, you know, come off and start right away in in a basketball game because he hasn't picked up a basketball for a while uh, coming into this one. So uh, I'm curious between those two. And if if those are the starting lineups, I think you you immediately look at the Crimson team and say, yeah, man, that's a lot of shooting that you have, especially to surround Devon Dotson. And the blue team, you just have all that star power. Frank Mason, Devontae Graham, Tyshawn Taylor, like those are three of the best four-year players and three of the best guards in KU basketball history. I I think for me, like the the two MVP guys I'm kind of circling, like Frank makes sense. He scored 33 last time we saw this. Uh, With Devontae and Svee, they have the ability to go off an event like this. Of course they do, and they're that good of three-point shooters. But I don't think... Like and we've seen this in the past. Both guys aren't gonna you know, necessarily want to stay in there for the entirety of the game and they're gonna get others involved that I, I think you look at them more being like fifteen to twenty point scores and they'll be fine kind of taking a back seat at other periods throughout the game. It's the guy who who just wants to like go at full mode the entire game, which was like the case for Ben McElmore when he's been in it in the past, or Frank Mason when he was in it in twenty nineteen. I think to that notion, again, like if Malik Newman were healthy, that would be one that would stick out to me but I see Diedrich Lawson. I I can just see him and his brother KJ having a nice little one two combination, both of them scoring a bunch of buckets. And like I said earlier, you're not going to see a lot of Diedrich like on the post or or going to work there. But he has such a feathery touch for a big man. He's going to get open threes on the outside, he's going to get open mid range shots. I could see Diedrich having a huge game. And we're going to do our points draft a little bit later. But, um, you know, maybe this is me cheating because I'm, I'm getting who you would pick first. But who would be, who would uh, be in line to be in the conversation for you to be the first pick for who you think could score the most points tonight?
1: I think, well, I, I do certainly believe that Dietrich is up there because the one thing that we knew about him in the one season that he had at KU was that he got open in every stretch that he could. But even if he wasn't open, he would put up a tough guarded shot. He'd still make it with ease. I mean, heck, he had how many 20-plus point games did he have when he did was at like KU? 18. 18? Yeah. Oof. That's that's half of the that's about half of the games. Yeah. Twenty plus. And well, defense here tonight. Yeah, yeah. and then the, and then he did average a double double uh, in the Big Twelve. So he, uh, you know, he was phenomenal. But I could also go with a guard because you know there's going to be a lot of shooting, and I, I think of a prolific shooter. And you, you know, I'm I'm thinking about the young guys. Nothing against the older gentlemen, but I'm still thinking about the younger. Um, I would probably go with Devontae, given mm. how how terrific of a shooter he was at KU. He'd make NBA range, uh, just even at, when, as a college junior, let alone a college senior, a guy who got open from time to time and even made some off-balance, tough-guarded threes here and there. So I think when you look at shooting, with this being a shooting-type game, I would go with d
2: Yeah, it is a good one. I mean, you can't go against him. We've seen in years past there have been guys who – maybe you don't think of as these big 20-point-per-game scores that have had an affinity to go off. And and not having Ben this year, it it opens the avenue for that happening, I think, because Ben, this is what he did. So 2021, he took a little bit. I mean, you had the Morris Twins. There was was a lot more balanced scoring. You had a lot of guys in the 16 to 21 range. But 2019, Ben McElmore goes for 42. 2018, he goes for 52. 2017, 32. 2016, 38. There have been six 30-point games in the last five Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic uh, game events. Four of them are from Ben's. So we haven't seen a ton from other guys. Now, uh, we did see it from Keith Langford in 2018. I mentioned Frank in 2019. You, you look back before that, there were some years where, like Mario Little, I think had a 30-point game. You had a year where Tyro Reed had, I think, nearly 40 points in a game. Um, and I, I don't know if that's the expectation for them this year. You know, they get maybe a little bit older. Um, but in the case of, of like Mario Little, like I could see him going off. He's just kind of a professional scorer. Um, if, if ever like Cole Aldridge was just like, I'm just going to start putting up these putbacks because he will get five, six, seven offensive rebounds in this game. Uh, I mean, it just happens, but usually what happens is like, he might put one back up for a bucket. The rest of them, he's just going to kick out. They're going to pitch it out and try to shoot a three just for the entertainment value. If ever he was just like, I'm putting up every offensive rebound, that's 12 points right there. And he could go for 20. He could go for 25 points. So, uh, this year is going to be not that the other ones aren't fun they're always such a great time but this one in terms of trying to figure out who's going to lead the, the way in scoring and how the scoring is going to be balanced out i think becomes more of a a fun kind of random factor because you don't know how it's all going to work out um, in this game yeah so you can uh, come on out to free state high school again tickets are being sold at 23rd street brewery and the two johnny's locations and we'll try to get a Word if if the uh, tickets have been sold out or not in between the commercial break uh, coming up here. But we will be here from 3 to 7. Then we'll have the game at 7 o'clock, which you can hear on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, and KLWN.com. We tomorrow for the Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic won't have anything specific for it, but the Round Ball has the special dinner going on at 6 o'clock. They have the Round Bowl Classic coming up on Saturday. If you want to look into tickets for that, check out Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic dot com online, and you can also read about the uh, five different beneficiaries in this, which we'll get to in just a second. I also wanted to mention that if you're interested in maybe you know whether you're going to be here or not, if you're interested in bidding on any of the uh, live auction items, just give a text of round ball. That's R O U N D B A L L to seven six two seven eight. That's round ball to seven six two seven eight, and Um, if you do that, you'll get texted back a a couple texts asking for, you know, what's your name, what's your email, that sort of stuff. And then they'll send a link where it'll take you to the, uh, site and you can see the different items that are up for bid, um, just to go through some of the items that you might be interested in bidding on. How about this? They have a 2001 to 2002 KU autographed basketball. That was the team that went undefeated in big 12 play. Uh, right now bidding for 125 that's a uh, steal and think about all the nba guys nick collison drew gooden kirk heinrich keith langford wayne simeon on that team was loaded Again, undefeated in big 12 play made the final four you can bid on that you can bid on some different family fun activities gift cards there's sporting kc tickets on there there's some other autographed basketballs like the 2012-13 team or the 2009-10 team with cole aldridge and sharon that was so good how about the 2010-2011 team with the morris twins 2013-2014 team I mean, that team didn't have as much KU success as the others. But if you want to talk about value of the ball, that one's going for 125 as well. You got Andrew Wiggins, Joel Embiid. Uh, those are probably a couple future basketball hall of famers on it and uh, yeah you can check out some of the other stuff there's some regular stuff there's some ku stuff there's like a cole aldridge signed jersey going for fifty dollars there's all sorts of stuff so check it out Uh, once again all you got to do is text roundball to 76278 for that Uh, once again wanted to mention our beneficiaries for today dk clark jake jones fatima gomez john foster and george langston The purpose of all this, whether it's you coming out here and buying a ticket, whether it's you bidding on something in the auction or attending the dinner or going to Jefferson's yesterday or attending the the bowling event on Saturday or even just giving a a donation if you can or can't make it, uh, buying a T-shirt, whatever it is, anything you can do to help is that these families um, have so many medical bills and high costs from everything that it takes between the overnight stays at the hospital to – chemotherapy or whatever type of um kind of recovery or medical process they are going through or attempting to go through and it costs a lot of money and you know you never expect it to happen to a child at at such an early age and you never hope that it will happen but for some of these families they need our help they need our help in the community they need our help so that they can help their kids so that they can help themselves as a family and that Um, they can get the best medical support that there possibly is and and afford all those medical bills and not have to take out, you know, another mortgage on their house or not have to um, do all these things, get a a second or third job or whatever. Um, This all goes to a great cause, so we highly recommend you coming out. It's such a great event, at the very least. You can donate in any possible way. I'm Derek Johnson with Lane Gillespie. Sam Speck here as well over at Free State High School. de Butar, back in the KLWN studio. We're going to take a timeout when we come back. More Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic talk. Like I said, we'll, a little bit later, we're going to get into the interview from yesterday with Wayne Simeon and Brett Ballard, the two coaches of this one. We've got Tyrell Reid joining us in the 4 o'clock hour. A draft with Scott Chasen and plenty more to get to. Hopefully some surprise guests will join us when they start uh, coming in here as well, uh, and also if you want to hit us up with a possible punishment idea, at RCST1320. <laughs> we're going to do that uh, Rock Truck ball Classic points draft at five o'clock. It's going to be everyone, me, Lane, Sam, Cole. We're all going to draft people. We're each going to draft six people. We're each going to draft four of the regular column, and then you have to draft two wild cards. Which I'll I'll let them know, and I'll let you all know who's in the wild card column uh, coming up here a little bit later. Derek, and, I'm ready
1: for your punishment. Well, we will see. Whoever
2: gets the <laughs> most points gets to Uh, in some way, pick the punishment. What I was kind of hoping for, and Cole, you can weigh in here. Lane, you can weigh in here. Sam's helping us out around uh, the stadium so he can... Oh, there he is. Um, Okay, so, um, and you guys can weigh in here. Right now, here's what I am thinking for the punishment. I am thinking that whoever finishes in last has to either, like, live tweet some random sporting event that the person in first gets to pick what the sporting event is. So if I win, I can be like, you have to... Uh, live tweet the 3 a.m aussie rules football game or something <laughs> whatever right um or we could just do you have to tweet something out for you know because i know we all have twitter so um you know tweet something out for a week like once a day you have to tweet out what you're having for lunch or once a day you have to tweet out um you know a, a take on again like a sports league of, of the choosing of the first place winner do any of those sound good to any of you guys cole i'll let you start off does that sound like like something that that you'd be interested in
0: yeah that sounds great um i would make someone live tweet that saudi arabian golf league
2: Uh, i couldn't hear cole nonetheless lane what do you say
1: uh yeah i think well i mean like you know you mentioned the 3 a.m aussie football either that or something that is just so tantalizingly boring well again whoever's in first would get to pick it
2: it doesn't have to be aussie rules football
1: Um, right sam do you have any recommendations
3: well to be honest i think it would have to go for inconvenience for me so 3am in the morning following some Aussie football I think inconvenience wise would probably be the best terms of uh, but hey we're open to whatever, and whoever wins, bad luck to you. But uh, look out, because I know I'm not going to be losing this year. So okay, there you go.
2: The trash talk is
3: started. i right, we'll make sure. All right, I'll make sure I write that down. Yeah, you're on the list. So now he's going to extra punish you if you win. Absolutely. I was going to say he's going to ask for something from uh, from some steak dinner or
2: something like that. That's what we
3: got. But no, it, it, if you can inconvenience the person, I think that's the, that's the better. Well, punishment. you know what? Another
2: funny one could be we could do. You have to do a. Uh, like a restaurant review, you don't actually have to eat at the restaurant because I don't. You know, I don't think that would be I a just, punishment. for Hold on, hold on, hold on. Do I have to pay? You for have it? to do a re- no, 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 no. You don't even have to eat there. I don't okay. even care about that. You just have to once <laughs> a day for a week. So from tomorrow till next Friday, do a once a day restaurant review of like a horrible restaurant or like a like a gas one station saw. hot dog. One, something. one
3: star, something. But you have like. to say how
2: it's like. You have to like go into like detail about like that, like the mouthfeel of the hot dog was you know like see, stuff like I that don't, right? i
3: don't mind that either the meticulous effort that you would put on somebody right. for five days <laughs> correct or the inconvenience that it would take to wake up two in the morning yeah. find that put out a tweet and <laughs> right. you're, you're held to that because twitter is one thing that has a time frame to it yeah. so you can see exactly when they put it out. No. honestly exactly. it looks like we've got some options here so okay uh, we'll, best we'll of take it a... of you cole as well best of luck to you back in the studio and uh, i'll okay. tell you what We'll see how it goes. Well, we'll take a vote
2: off air what we end up wanting right. to do. Um, but all right, we're going to take a timeout here. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 117 and 1320 KLWN, depending on it. We did our one-year player draft last week. Back with Scott Jason to do our four-year player draft. And before we get going, we were talking a little off air. Diedrich Lawson was sharing his story about the Mitch Lightfoot infamous kind of fight from uh, that offseason whenever that was. I think it was the year that, that Diedrich was redshirting. Um, Scott kind of teased me. He said I, I have a uh I have my own basketball fight story uh to share. Uh so please uh in, indulge the audience. What what is this story that that you are uh teasing me with um and, and trying to, you know, first take. Coming back after the break, this fight story.
4: Yeah, well I'm really just trying to throw you off for your draft because mm. even though I, I still believe I had the better team when we drafted one year players. Uh, you were the one. very Yeah, we should probably mention
2: that. I, but I think we you both would, agreed. I, I think we both agreed you would win in a, a best-of-seven series. It would be 50-50 in a tournament. I won the, the, the fan vote, I guess. But, you know, I, I think we both are on the same page that you had the better team.
4: No, I'm, and I am I wanted to highlight that you won the fan vote, so I had to throw you off. Yeah, look, um, I loved your interview with Diedrich Lawson yesterday. I thought it was so good. And one of the reasons Diedrich was one of my favorite Jayhawks to cover um, it's not like a top three interview was because he was just so candid and so reflective and just so honest, uh, And that continued in, into the end when he was in tears in the locker room uh, following an NCAA tournament loss, even though, you know, he averaged 25 a game in the tournament. And, you know, it did get me thinking a little bit about, I'm not sure people know how physical and how aggressive sometimes those key practices can be because, you know, Deidre Watson was talking about practices with no fouls and no out of bounds, by the way. So guys will go diving into walls, diving off the court after loose balls, because they're not going to call foul and they're not going to stop play when they do some of that scrimmaging. And years ago, when I was on the beat, media were lucky enough to be invited uh, to a few different practices. And uh, it was the Sheck Diallo year, if I'm not getting my years mixed up. And similarly, I watched a, a practice where Zelf was getting on to Brandon Green and getting onto him and getting on to him. That's him. not surprising. So fi- <laughs> yeah. Well, finally... Brandon Green, who was guarding Wayne Seldon, started getting a lot more physical. And as you can imagine, Wayne Selden didn't really you know, take too kindly to that as he wouldn't, and it was similar, similar to what Dietrich Lawson described with Mitch Light, but one of those moments in a practice where two guys start going at it, and it gets really physical. And I, what I found most interesting was the coaches, the players, everybody let it go for a few seconds. Eventually they broke it up. You don't want anyone to get hurt. You don't want it to get too far. But that that's the kind of stuff that you need when you're building a team, playing physically, you know, getting guys fired up, getting them all kind of galvanized and and toward the same direction, you want guys going that hard that it's really pissing each other off, for lack of a better term. So that was my own little story to contribute, and just to say, Diedrich Lawson is not the only player in the history uh, of Kansas basketball to get into a little skirmish just because of how physical, how tough uh, those practices can be, and how mentally tough you have to be to play at a place like Kansas.
2: No, and it's funny, too, how we like – if the team wins, we romanticize it like Michael Jordan gets like romantic. Oh, he was such a great competitor. He you know punched his teammates, all these sort of things. But then if the, if you're losing, it's like oh, what's wrong with this team? You know, it's like J.R. Smith throwing the soup. It's like what's going on here, right?
4: Jimmy Butler, Derek. It's, it's <laughs> the Jimmy Butler thing, right? When when Jimmy Butler's on a winning team, we extol how great his competitiveness is, mm-hmm. and he'll call out teammates and he'll get in fights with his coach. And yet when they're losing. Jimmy Butler is the problem, and he's not a winner, and he's, you know, a locker room problem. It's what basketball it's what sports is, and I think fans don't always get that, so I think it can be jarring to hear, like, yeah, Dedrick Lawson and Mitch Lightfoot got into a fight on the court, and Mitch Lightfoot ended up with a black eye or whatever. You know, it can be jarring to hear something like that, but it's a lot more common and in some ways a lot more healthy than you might think that those guys are working it out. Um, on the court and the teams are being, you know, usually responsible and getting in the middle of that when that
2: stuff happens. Yeah. And it's just funny too, because like, if you were to say two guys got into a fight, like those would be the guys I would not pick like Diedrich. Every time you talk to him, he's just like a very, like kind of humble, nice guy, like down to earth, Mitch Lightfoot. Obviously you don't figure like the guy who's like causing a fight or something like that. So it's just, it's just kind of funny that it was those two guys, but yeah, to your point, like it, it happens a lot more than anything. Okay. So we have our four year player draft and uh, there are a lot of great players on this list. A lot of them who are going to be at the uh, Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic. Um, I, I think I had the first pick last week. We did it by coin flip, so we're going to do that again. I don't actually have a, a physical coin on me. I do have one of the coin flip apps. Um, I will give you a choice.
4: I actually
5: have
2: a coin. Oh. Can I flip the coin? Yes, I think that's fair. So I'll call the coin then and you flip it because okay. that's we did the opposite. Tell option. me when
4: you're ready to call it.
2: You have to call it in the air. Okay, I am ready to call it.
4: Alright, call it. Tails. It is
2: heads. Mm, so we both lost on the tails flip. So that means you have the choice what you want to do.
4: Uh, I will go second because it worked so well for me last time losing the vote.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, so this might be a little controversial with this pick. I'm not saying this guy is the best four-year player. I mean, he, he certainly is accomplished enough to, like, be in the conversation. But I'm going to go Baji with my first pick. And, like, I, I think that, like, Frank Mason – is better than Ochai Baji. Um, I am tempted to take, like, Yudoka Azabuki because of the impact that he has as a center. I just, I look at the drop-off. Like, if I don't get Doke, I can still get another good center. If I don't get Frank Mason, there's so many great point guards. If I don't get Ochai on the wing, there's not as many great options on the wing. Like, there's other really good players, but there's not that other All-American option like there necessarily is at point guard. So I'm going to go Ochai with the first pick.
4: Um, you know, you gave me a little preview that you might do that, and I wasn't sure if you were trying to fake me out like you did with Remy last time or if that was serious, but I I think that's a good pick. Look, the point guard position is loaded in this draft, and I really wanted um, to take Frank and Devontae and pair them together because I think that's such a fun combination. But uh, you left me, who I believe to be the two best players of the Bill Self era, So I am going to take who I believe to be the two best players of the Bill South era and figure it out later. I'll take both Frank Mason and Sharon Collins and feel really, really good about Mm. who I have handling the ball, uh, pretty much no matter what happens.
2: That is an unbelievable backcourt. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think those are the two best. I think if you went by individual season, I I think I had Frank number one for individual season. But I think if you went career, I I would have Sharon Collins on top. Uh, and and that's kind of the beauty of who's the best player in college because there there's different ways that you can look at it. Okay, um, so I have back-to-back picks here. I if Since you didn't take Doak, I thought you were going to take Doak in that top three. Um, man, that's really tough. Do I take him? Uh, I definitely need to make sure I get Devontae Graham. There's a part of me that thinks you wouldn't take Devontae because you have Collins and, and Frank, and that's not a lot of size in the backcourt, but it scares me to death that you would, and then you would have an even better backcourt that would scare the lights out of me. So I'll, I'll go Devontae Graham with that next pick. And I still feel good about that uh point guard spot. And then hmm. I uh again, like I, I really want to take Doke, but I don't know what the drop off is there to Jeff Withy. Like clearly Doke was a better offensive player. Um he was just so efficient and withy was was fine on offense, but you're not getting 70% like you were from Doke. I just uh, with Withy, it's like you're getting better shot blocking than Doke, but Doke is a better overall defender. Like he was actually able out, uh, to get out and, and guard guards for like brief periods of time and, and brief stints. So I think I'm gonna go you Doke Um, I don't feel great about it because, like I said, I don't think the drop off is that big in terms of the defensive impact with how good Withy was, but uh, Doke was just so efficient on offense, and now I have legit three point shooting on the outside around Doke in the middle. I like that.
4: Well, I am really excited about who you left me, but uh, the problem is I I don't totally know what I want to do here. So there are three players I'm thinking between, and I figure you're going to get one of them.
2: Uh, Go for it. Uh, I'm guessing you are between Marcus Garrett for the defense. Um, I am guessing you are between um, Svee Mikhailuk, three-point shooting. Yep, and And those are probably going to be the two I take. Yeah, the other one, I, I'm not sure if you'd be... I don't I don't think it would be Tyshawn Taylor because you don't need another guard. I think Perry Ellis would be the other one.
4: Perry, I, I've thought a lot about putting Perry at the 5, and I've also thought a lot about taking Tyshawn just as my 6th man. It, I'm just
2: saying this really, now. If you play Perry at the 5, Doka, Yudoka Azubuke is going to go for 30 points on 14 of 15.
4: And that's totally true. All of these teams are going to score 100,000 points <laughs> yeah, <true>. and, uh, <laughs> because of all the players. Yeah, I, I think I am going to go with... I'm going to go with Marcus Garrett and Svee McKay-Luke, and I'm just going to do that to bolster my wing. I think Marcus Garrett could guard any player on your team, and I think Svee showed himself to be strong enough to give me a four-man. I will say, the whole Perry thing, I really, when I saw for a second there that you weren't going to take Doak and that you were going to take um, one of those wings, Perry immediately became the guy in my mind that I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to take him just to be safe, but um, yeah, I, I like loading up on wings. I think that's been my strategy, and we'll see because between LeGerald, Vic, Tyshawn, Perry, Withy, there are a few, there are a bunch of guys left. So I think uh, I think both our teams still need a little work here.
2: Yeah, and uh, I, I'm a little bummed you took Marcus Garrett. I actually was kind of hoping you took Perry because I was going to take Marcus Garrett this next one because he is just such a a nice piece to have that you can play at, Like you said, he can guard like any position. So. Uh, having another ball handler who can do that is is really important. Okay, some other good names on the list. There is uh, Tyshawn Taylor, Russell Robinson, really good guard defensively. Um, Elijah Johnson, LeGerald Vick, if I want to go that way, if I want another shooter, Tywell Reed. Um, I'm going to go Perry Ellis. That feels like the obvious one that he's left there. Again, I don't love that you have pinned me into this corner that I have to play like more traditional basketball as opposed to having a wing, but Perry can shoot the ball. He shot like 40-plus yeah. percent from three unlimited attempts. Um, so I feel really good about the offensive ability of my front court and uh, okay, I'm going to do something a little different just to try to uh, maybe screw you over a little bit. Like I said, I don't know how big of a, a difference there is from Doke to Withy defensively. Like, Withy, better shot blocker, probably a better two-point defender. Doke was still great at it, but Doke was better. You're
4: drafting in bad faith right now. I am a <laughs> guest on your show, and I know what you're going to do, and you are drafting in bad faith, my man. That is I know what you're going to do, and I'm not oh, yeah. happy about it. Jeff Withey. That's <laughs> my sixth man.
2: <laughs> Jeff Withey, baby. Now the drop-off some center. I mean, David McCormick is still – like, you're going to have David McCormick coming off the high of the national title. So that might actually help you a little bit in the voting.
4: Yeah. I don't love this. I, I'm willing to offer you a trade here. I will <laughs> give you uh, – your next pick, mm-hmm. like uh, if you give me Withy, I'll give you my current pick and your next pick to round out your team before I make my pick. Any interest in that deal? Hmm. I get two picks here, so I, I'll take someone. I actually, I'll tell you, I'm going to take Tyshon Taylor off the board as my sixth man. So I will have three of the four best guards in this game. Actually, probably arguably more than that, if you consider Ochai Wing. Probably four of the best, well, four of the five guards in this game. So that's my offer is Tyshon and whoever you want um, as your shooting guard for uh, Jeff Withey.
2: Well, I mean, Tyshawn would essentially be my shooting guard, so that would make sense for me. Um, the issue I'm running into here, like Devontae, great offensive player. Ochai, great offensive player. And, and again, like both those guys have shown defensive acumen, so I don't want to take away from that. Um, but then I, I have the efficiency with Doke offensively, Perry offensively. Like, am I, am I better off using that shooting guard spot on Russell Robinson for defense? You know what I mean? I don't well, know. You could
4: take them both. You could take Tyshawn as your sixth man and Russell Robinson as your shooting guard. Mm. The offer's on the table. It does expire. In no deal! Because otherwise this becomes bad radio. No deal. All right. Well, I'm officially mad at you, so now I actually have to look up. Can you read <laughs> off the list of four-year centers? Because it, I don't have those in front of me.
2: I mean, it's still a fine list. David McCormick, Darnell Jackson, mm-hmm. and Sasha mm-hmm. Khan.
4: Okay. Oh, man, I hate all my options here. Uh, Let's see. All right, I'm going to start with sixth man, um, and I'm taking Tyshawn Taylor as my sixth man. I want uh, even more of a scoring punch, even more of a ball-handling punch, and I feel really good about my point guard position, Um, a national championship point guard, uh, one, actually two who played in the national championship game, and then Frank Mason, um, plus Marcus Garrett, Tiatislav Mikhailov, I really like that. Um, To be totally honest, I, there's a part of me that really wants to take Sasha Khan here. Um, I like the seven-footer, him and Darnell Jackson. I actually like both of them. Um, there's part of me that wants to take both of them. And you know what, Derek, because I know you're not taking either. I'm going to let you make your picks. I'm going to do some research on something I didn't think I would have to get into, and then I'm going to get back to my picks. So why don't
2: you go ahead? I'm surprised you just didn't take David McCormick. Like I said, you could ride high on the – Why don't uh, you take him? High. Well, I mean, you need I, a shooting guard. So, at that point I'd have Perry Ellis at the 3, Jeff Withy at the 4, Doke at the Doke at the 5 and then uh, you know, put David McCormick at the 2 or something like that. I mean, he's shown ability to hit mid-range, so uh that could help my offense. No, I I'm going to take Russell Robinson. That's the obvious one for me. Like I said, it helps me with the defensive side of the ball and I'm actually going to have Russell Robinson as like the I mean, it doesn't really matter in a you, you know, with with who's the actual point guard and who's the off guard. Um but I have Russell Robinson more as the traditional point guard, gets assists, plays defense. Devonte Graham is more of the off guard who will handle the ball at times, and he'll get assists as well. But he's going to be my knockdown shooter, along with Ochai on the wing. I got Perry and Doke down low. I got Withy coming off the bench if Doke gets in foul trouble. And now you don't have Jeff Withy. Uh, and who is your final pick?
4: Yeah, I hate everything because there are no good answers in this game. So um, let's see. I'm going to do something really really simple here and I'm, I'm just gonna go with size i think darnell jackson was a better offensive player but i, I really want uh, an actual paint deterrence and someone who's mobile who can get out and hedge so mm, uh, this is the hardest i mean do I've you ever had
2: to make do you dare you know do you dare draft like a wing do you dare draft like a legerald vick to give you more size on the wing and then play Sfee at the five he did okay against marvin bagley
4: yeah i'm, I'm actually actually pondering it um you know what? I'm not taking. Yeah, I'll take David McCormick. It's a total pander pick. He's a national champion. Maybe people like that. If I were actually doing this, I would trade my David McCormick pick away and probably take both Darnell Jackson and mm-hmm. Sasha Khan um, as you know my sixth man and my center. Um, and kind of just build up that wall defensively. But I'll take David McCormick just because he's a name Um, and and really, really hope that my perimeter uh, can get the job done because, candidly, you're going to crush me inside. I just have uh, significantly better guards on the perimeter. And I feel nervous now, though. I really didn't think you'd take Jeff Withey. And to be honest, if I could do this draft over, I probably would have given up – one of three or Marcus Garrett and, and just made sure I I will make Jeff that
2: it. trade. Mm-hmm. I will make absolutely that trade. Absolutely not
4: at this point. Okay, no, I was just saying. Absolutely.
2: Say, not. I would do withy for Marcus Garrett. Um but you know the problem you have is that like I said if you wanted to play small with that last pick you could have convinced yourself I can play Marcus Garrett at the 5 and get away with that. I, if could I have Well, no, no, here's what I I'm saying. Derek? If I if I had Jeff Withy as my starting center or David McCormick or Darnell Jackson or Sasha Khan, I think you could have gotten away with that. The fact that it's Udoka Azubuike, you do need like a real center to defend him.
4: Yeah, I think I, 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 any of the three would have worked. And honestly, like the more and more I think about it, I think Darnell Jackson probably would have been the guy in a vacuum that I would have wanted there. Sasha Khan, I think matchup wise would match up best against Doke. But at the end of the day, you know, we'll give David McCormick some love, given that he just won Kansas a national title and should probably have. Uh, his jersey someday retired or will probably someday have his jersey retired now in field house. If Bill still is to be believed. So um, yeah, I don't love it. I don't love how the draft ended, but I really liked how the draft started. Um, if that counts for anything.
2: <laughs> so Scott's team, Frank Mason, Sharon Collins is the two lead guards. Marcus Garrett kind of as a, a wing and extra ball handler. Svee kind of playing that three, four role and David McCormick at the center, Tyshawn Taylor coming off the bench. I have Russell Robinson, Devonte Graham is the lead guards. Ochai on the wing, Perry Ellis, Yudoka Azabuke down low, and Jeff Withey is my sixth man. Um, So, Scott, um, next week, you want to do another draft? Uh, I'll let you pick. What do you want to do? We still have the zero slash five year, six year players. We have the Stranger Things one upcoming. Uh, What tickles your fancy?
4: I think we should do a Stranger Things one, but I want to call for radio silence on this matter between you and me. I want no parameters whatsoever. I think we just start out and we just start drafting, and we do not discuss the draft-eligible pool beforehand at all.
2: Okay, cool. So um, based on what you're saying is that this is going to be very creative, right? Like there are no limits. If it's in Stranger Things, it's eligible.
4: Uh, Derek, I'm telling you that uh, anything is on limits. Okay. Anything in that world is on limits. Um, is bring your funky? creativity. It's a radio guy versus a writer, former. We'll <laughs> figure it out, and we're going to have the terrific draft.
2: Okay, I love it. Well, Scott, I appreciate you spending some time on this today, and we'll look forward to that one next week.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Derek.
2: Another special guest joining us here the week of the Rock Jock Round Ball Classic. That would be Tyrell Reed once again, playing in this event. Um, Do you remember how many points did you go for? It was, I don't know, five, six years ago. You had an outburst in this event. Uh, Could we see something similar in in the action this year? I don't
5: think that uh, my days of scoring 30 or 40 points are. uh, I think they're they're few and far between anymore, (laughs) so probably not.
2: Well, what can we expect for you then? 10 points, 20 points, like what's the, the realistic goal headed into this one?
5: um realistic goal is to make it through make sure all the other players get through healthy as well because me being a physical therapist i don't need any extra work taking care of those guys um and just having a lot of fun raising some money for some uh for some great kids
2: yeah exactly well i guess worst case you know tweak something you're there on the sideline i guess help them out um yeah so, uh, from your time at, at KU you were on a lot of great unbelievable teams. you saw a lot of big wins. I know if you would ask a lot of KU fans like the the specific moment maybe that comes to mind is obviously uh, you against Missouri in Columbia but um, is there a specific game or, or memory on the court that sticks out to you the most whether it was your best game or, or maybe just your favorite game in your time at KU
5: yeah, you know, I think everyone kind of talks about the the Missouri one. Obviously, big big rivalry game and hit the big shot um, to kind of help seal a victory there. Uh, that that was a fun moment. Um, you know, probably the one I always you know the one that sticks out the most to me was I you know I only lost or we only lost one game at home uh, in my four years, and that was a game against Texas. But it was the night uh, right after T Rob's mom passed away, and um it's just always one of those uh games that it, it, it's kind of a you know everyone's like you know you you lost one game at home and I'm like man that game didn't even feel like a loss it never even felt like basketball seemed so far from being important at that time that uh I don't even I don't even really feel like I, I ever lost at home because that that game it was it meant so much more than
2: basketball you were on you know 0708 which wins a title um, oh nine ten ends up only losing what a couple times over the course of the season. Uh, obviously, unfortunately, loses in the the first weekend, but just an unbelievable year. And then ten eleven is just another unbelievable year all around that makes its way to the elite eight. And, and obviously, in a couple of those circumstances, like nine ten and ten eleven, uh, you fall victim to the the sometimes randomness uh-huh. of of the tournament and the single elimination uh-huh. uh, factor of things. But I'm curious if you had to pair up all of those teams that you played on do you think one would stick out above the rest if it was like a best of 7 game series against the others
4: that's
5: a great that's a great question i mean
2: i i i think the best
5: team that i played on probably had to be the 07 or yeah the O seven oh eight national championship team from a standpoint of we just had so many veteran guys um I feel like it would be hard for a lot of the uh, other teams I played on to just match up with with their uh, just their level of calmness and maturity and the way that they never really you know national championship game you're down nine with or eight or nine with two minutes left and you come back and win but from a talent standpoint oh uh, man I would have to probably say my my junior year. Um, I don't even know. I think how many we had seven or eight pros on that team. Uh, that doesn't happen very often where you have seven or eight NBA players on a team at one time. So um, from a talent standpoint, that had to be probably be the most talented, but uh, I think the best team, you know, that I, that I would take to, uh, to battle would probably have to be my freshman year
2: who provided more crazy stories whether it was like off the court on the court um just talking in in the locker room or when you guys are hanging out or whatever the morris twins or the field Say that again <laughs> who who Yeah, who who provided more uh, I guess fun crazy just uh kind of stories or or you know what they did obviously there was the one I don't know if this was ever like a uh official story that came out but about the morris twins like getting suspended for Shooting airsoft guns out of their uh, the dorm room or something like that. Was it the Morris twins who provided the most crazy stories, or, or would it be somebody else? Um,
5: that's a, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. You know, I would say that unfortunately, uh, when I was playing, we had a we had a few you know negative things, but we were always you know re- did a really nice job on the basketball court. So that really helps kind of put things to bed um, with our off the court stuff. From I uh, I don't know, from a standpoint, I think it's tough to say, but the, the twins provided a lot of entertainment for all of us, just because, I mean, how often do you have twins that literally most people can't tell the difference between <laughs> Marcus and Markeith and just the unbelievable talent that they were and just the toughness that they play with, obviously, which has translated well for the NBA. I mean, they're the only teammates I think I, I had that, that are still playing uh Still playing professionally in the NBA. So just love those guys. And um, I mean, I, I, they're, they're some of the best teammates that I ever had. And I, I love them to death.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I remember I had uh, a couple twins in, in, in high school with me. And they would, if, if we had a test in two different classes that day, I remember they would, uh, one of them would study for one test, one of them would study <laughs> for another test, and they would switch t shirts in between the periods so that one would take both tests and the other would take the other. So I, I don't mean to bring this up to like indict anyone on, on academic issues or anything like that. I just, I just mean from a standpoint of like you said, like, you know, you can't tell the two guys apart. Did they ever take advantage of that in any way?
5: You know, I, if they were going to, it would have had to have been early on because when they first got there, like the first week or so, I'm like, man, am I ever going to be able to tell these guys <laughs> apart? And then as soon as you hang around them a little bit, you're like, these guys as similar as they are, they're completely different too. Marcus was always a little bit more vocal, outgoing. Markeef was always a little bit more quiet, passive. Um at least, you know, when you're when you're hanging out in, in a in a group setting. But on the court they're both pretty uh pretty ferocious, I guess you could say. Uh but I don't think they pulled any pulled any fast ones um, it, it was one of those, if, if they didn't want to run sprints, both of them just didn't want to run sprints, so they just go <laughs> go, 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 chill under the basket or something.
2: We're talking with Tyrell Reed here. Uh, I, I'm curious, usually, um, you know, for all you guys, you're D1 athletes at a very high level at the University of Kansas, so obviously everybody has a, a ton of athleticism and everything, but there's always those people who at high level athletics who it's just like no matter what they do, no matter what sport they're playing, they're just they're great at it. And, and maybe honestly, it, it probably is yourself. I know you ran track and, and did a bunch of stuff in high school as well. Um, but it, was there a player that it felt like no matter what you were doing, whether it was foosball or you know throwing a football or, or anything, that they were just the best athlete in the world seemingly?
5: and yeah, you know i i think i think when i was there it would have to be you know someone like sharon sharon was an unbelievable uh football player uh unbelievable baseball player in high school you know obviously we know we could do basketball wise but i think he stands out as probably one of the most well-rounded athletes and then i'd have to you know give a shout out to my classmate, uh, well, I guess he, 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 we came in together. He, he stayed the next year because he redshirted, but uh, Connor Tehan, man, you know, dual sport, like Gatorade player of the year in football and basketball in Missouri. So, uh, really a stud athlete there as well.
2: So, I asked you for your favorite memory on the court. Do you have a favorite memory off the court, whether it was just, you know, hanging out with the team or some form of travel with the guys or just experiencing Lawrence in, in some way? Is there something that sticks out from that regard?
5: Uh, you know, I, I, one of my favorite off court memories would be just our trip to the, to the white house after we won the national championship. So I'm excited for those guys this year, uh, to hopefully get to experience the same thing because I mean, what just a a cool event where, you know, especially what I really loved it is after you win the national championship, it's a complete blur and you've got to like really soak it in because that it might be the last time that all of those players are ever in the same spot at one time again. Cause it's so hard once guys go to the NBA or play overseas or get jobs to, to get everyone together again. So that was kind of like the last time I remember my, the 08 team all being together was when we went to the white house had An unbelievable night out, uh, hanging out, going out to dinner and uh, just spending time at the white house is uh, one of my favorite memories.
2: That's a good point. Well, one guy who's going to be part of that, Christian Brown, and and I know that he talked a lot over this season about, um, you know, kind of his his path to KU and that he was always kind of a KU fan growing up, which was always kind of funny with his mom playing over at Missouri and everything. And one of the things that he mentioned, a lot of times he would bring that up, was was that you had a big impact on him. He was was a big fan of yourself, obviously, the the Burlington connection there, and, and that Um, you know, you had a little bit of a tie-in at that time there. Do you have any any favorite stories along the way with with Christian Brown kind of growing up under your wing? I just knew, my
5: sister used to babysit for for the Browns. Um, When I was, you know, I would have been like a a junior, senior in high school, and Christian would have been, you know, four or five years old, really young. (laughs) Um, But I remember, you know, just going out to their house, um and their house because uh, his dad Donnie um, and mom Lisa, like they're both really tall people. I remember they had everything built like, you know, cabinets countertops were all super giant and I remember their kids, you know, we were, you know, dunking on a Nerf hoop and playing. I was like these kids have a chance of being monsters and... You thought uh, that
2: when they were sure, four or five years old?
5: Oh yeah, they were huge and they were already good athletes and I was like you know mom played dad played these kids i uh, it's going to be fun watching them grow up and then obviously just to see him flourish into the player he is and the person he is and uh you know if i could have had even the you know 1% of effect on him wanting to you know be a be a basketball player and you know strive to play you know at the highest level at a school like KU then i mean that's what it's all about for for us as players is just to uh, try to help out the younger generation. So, man, I'm so proud of Christian, and uh, man, I can't wait to see where he gets drafted here in the next uh, in the next few weeks.
2: Obviously, you know, anytime you're uh, the team that you played for wins the title, like that's that's going to mean something to you. But did that mean a little extra to you to see him win a title this past year?
5: Oh, for sure, for sure. Anytime you can have some some local flavor or people that you're you're close to. Um, experience something like that it's it's an amazing uh, amazing thing for him and his family and uh, you know for myself I'm just so proud of those guys so proud of Christian and um, it's great when people uh, get to experience uh, the highest of highs after dealing with some you know the lowest of lows when COVID hit we had a great team and you know you don't get to play and These guys just battled all year and were kind of underdogs. And, you know, just they always thought that they were the best team and uh, they showed it.
2: So, Rock Shock Roundball Classic, again, uh, we'll see what we can get from you. Uh, Double digits, I think, might be the expectation. We'll see. Um, Hey, I'll hang
5: out at the three point line. (laughs) There we go.
2: Hey, we know you can hit them. Um, uh, What is so special about getting to be a part of this event every year, seeing your former teammates, and obviously uh, the most important part? the cause and, and everything, um, that goes around with this.
5: Yeah, it's an amazing event. Brian does a fabulous job of, uh, you know, raising money and getting the players involved. And, you know, it's all about those kids and we're, we're so lucky to be able to, you know, play a little bit of basketball and hopefully provide just a small amount of levity for those families at a time when they're going through so much. And, you know, now that I'm a, I'm a father and seeing these kids struggle it just, uh, yeah, you know, it just it, it just breaks your heart to see them dealing with this and um you know I'm just honored to be able to to help out in any small way that I can to uh provide some joy for uh for a couple hours for these people.
2: He is Tyrell Reed. You'll see him at the Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic. Tyrell, I appreciate you taking some time out of your day and uh talking with me here.
5: Oh, of course, of course. You're listening to
1: Rock Talk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson on FM 101.7 and 1320 KLWN. Welcome
2: back into Free State High School. Derek Johnson along with Lane Gillespie and Sam Speck. We've got Colsy Butar back in the KLWN studio. Game for the Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic at 7 o'clock. I have one extra, just one strand of a uh, ticket for tonight. If you want it, just uh, let us know. You can uh, hit me up on Twitter, at RCST1320, or at DJohnson Radio. But now it is time for the Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic Points Draft. This is where champions are made and losers are punished. The uh, punishment that we have decided, the last place person will have to live tweet a random sporting event at whatever time it happens to be on, picked by whoever wins the Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic Points Draft. There are something close to, to 30 players um, who are going to be in attendance for tonight, and maybe not all of them play. Some of them might just sit on the bench and sign autographs, but we don't know, and that's part of the risk and part of the gamble of everything happening here. I remember last year, I think Richie was doing this with me, and he took Tyshawn Taylor in the first or second round, and he ended up, or it was a couple years ago, and Tyshawn Taylor just, like, didn't play or something like that. So uh, that does tend to happen uh, on certain occasions, um, but we have split the players into um, two different pools. We have the just big allotment of players, and then we have a a mix of wild cards. What we have deemed to be wild cards are uh, former KU women's basketball players, former KU men's basketball player walk-ons. And players who graduated KU in the year 2000 or earlier, so maybe a little bit up there in age compared to some of the younger guys. And then the other one in the wild card range is football players, which we just have the one, Brandon McAnderson, but he is a part of that as well. There's also the uh, wild card, the kid from the stands, which we have seen a kid come out of the stands the last four or five years and score a bucket or two, uh, seemingly every year. So that could be a good wild card pick as well. Everything else is up for grabs, but we're each going to take six players as part of this at least two of the six have to be wild cards you can take three if you want but at least two have to be wild cards you can take no more than than three wild cards because i think we only have nine available so only one person could take three if they wanted but i don't think that will be uh something to worry about so that said we have four people here and how i i have decided that we are going to determine the draft order is based on reverse seniority here at klwn so lane is the newest hire Sam, you would be the second newest to the station. Cole would be the third. I'm the fourth. So what we're going to like do, that. that's I not like going to determine who has what pick. It's going to determine you get to pick what pick you want. Oh. You it's a snake draft. So you, Lane, will get the first choice. Do you want the first pick, the second pick? Because you got to understand this. If you have the first pick, you get whoever you deem to be your, your best player, but then you're not going to be drafting again until number eight and number nine. If you want the fourth pick, you get those back-to-back double-barrel double, double barrel um,
1: draft pick. So Lane, you have the first choice. Where would you like to pick in the draft? It is a strategy that I do like when it comes to these drafts, and it is it being the number four pick. Okay. So I get that double barrel at the end of the first round and beginning of the second. So Lane is going to pick fourth. That means he'll be up first in the second round. Um, Sam, you were the
2: next most recent hire. Where would you like to pick?
3: You know, I think I'm just going to try and give myself any little edge that I can. So we're going to start kind of with, uh, you know, I think you'll see a mixture in my lineup today. But I like the way that he played in a previous year. I like his age. I like his spunk. I like his way. So I'm going to go with number one. So I'm going to take the first one so I can hopefully maybe get my favorite. So you have a guy you're eyeing. Yeah, I've got a guy go that on. I'm there and I'm okay. going to try and, like I said, give myself as good of an advantage as I can.
2: Okay, so Cole, you have the decision. Do you want to be picking second or picking third?
0: I, I got to pick third. I, I like how close it is to getting those two back to back picks that the fourth pick gets, and I'm not super worried about the top three guys. I feel they're all pretty close to each other, so yeah, I'm going to pick third.
2: Okay, so it'll go Sam, me, Cole, Lane, and then reverse through the uh, second round and in the even rounds, which means, Sam... You're up first. Get us underway. Well, I think I gave him a
3: little bit of a, of a tease. He hasn't played in this, and again, I like using history as a great way to put it, and again, they are familiar with it, but Devon Dotson, he's got uh, he's got some good history. He scored nearly 15 points a game while he was at KU. He's got that, uh, not really the size that I'm looking for yet, but hey, a heck of a guard that is uh, a prolific scorer as we've seen. So I'm going to go with Dotson first. I think that's a smart way to go, and uh, I, I've got my faith in you, buddy. So we're going to go with Dotson first.
2: He was number one on my big board, so I was hoping you would slip to me uh, in at number two. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were trying to grab no, my steal, phone. Stealing a, steal a pen. Stealing a pen. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I took your hand off there, reaching over. Um, okay, so I have the second pick in the draft. That means I'm going to go Diedrich Lawson. I've, I've talked uh, up Diedrich a good amount in this event. Uh, one thing we haven't talked about, this is obviously on a high school basketball court, the three-point line is the high school three-point line. So it's not okay. the college three-point line. It's not even the NBA three-point line or the Euro about yeah, really it yet. where they're so. playing. So like a guy who, because Diedrich can shoot threes at, at any of those levels anyway. But for a guy who can also hit mid-range shots, these are essentially mid-range shots in the professional game, and they're threes now. Um, Diedrich can shoot threes for a big man. I don't know how many opportunities he can have on the block, just shooting like hook shots and, and post fadeaways. So that could could limit some of the point scoring opportunities a little bit. But I. I just have questions about like how much he's going to play uh, for some other players or how hard are they going to play for some other players. I think Diedrich's going to want to put on a show here in his first time back to the Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic. Cole, you were up third.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take Devontae Graham. Uh, easy, easy pick. You would. That was e- my pick. E- <laughs> easy pick. I got to take Devontae Graham here. I was honestly a little bit surprised that uh, Sam didn't end up taking him uh, with the first overall. So, yeah, I'm taking Devontae Graham.
2: Well, Graham went for just eight points in 2018. He went for 19, though, in 2021, so he's slowly scooting up. And he does have that history, though, so he's played here before. See, but I think the big thing that helps Devontae have a big game today, he already has that giant contract with... Uh, New Orleans so like you know he, he doesn't have to worry about because sometimes we see guys come here and they they don't have a contract in the NBA and they're waiting what's gonna happen is my team gonna pick up my option or are they gonna sign me Devonte doesn't have to worry about that and so some of those guys haven't played Devontae could absolutely go off so that is a good pick and now Lane you have back to back
1: well I'm gonna go with a man who was seen as a second half of Devontae Graham back in 2017 they were considered the best backcourt in college basketball and of course that's being the national player of the year frank mason the third and he i mean he was a guy in 2019 scored 33 points in the rock chalk Roundball classic so i'm going to take a stab with him and i'm also going to take another guy you could kind of call it another part of a duo with devontae graham and this was in 2018 a senior duo that led them to the final four that being svima Luke, another prolific shooter and A guy who really did grow before our eyes from 2015 to 2018, became a dominant athlete as well, scored well from inside the paint, and just balled out in his senior year. I mean, it caused him to get drafted eventually, so... I'm going with Speed McKay-Luke. So this is kind of funny because I think you guys
2: somehow hacked into my phone. I'm not kidding. This was the exact order I had. One, <laughs> two, five, Dude, it's
3: list. a conspiracy. <laughs> uh, me,
2: Cole, and Lane, yeah, we, we hacked into everything. Don't forget, I'm in charge of all of the passwords and things.
3: That's true. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Yeah. I didn't know I, I gave away my
1: phone
2: password, though. Um, all right, so Cole, you have your next pick to uh, make a pairing with Devontae Graham.
0: Yeah, I think uh, to go along with Devontae Graham, I'm going to take who I think is probably the best player remaining. I'm going to take Malik Newman.
2: Mm, Okay. See, Malik is someone you could convince me has, you know, eight, ten points. You could convince me Malik goes for 40 or 50 tonight. Like, he has that in his bag. Um, It just depends, like, how much is he going to put into effort tonight. And, again, that's the question with all these guys. Like, you don't know which one's going to have that, I guess, to... Uh, I give a bleep factor a little bit more than other people. Um, okay, uh, I guess my next pick, I'm going to go with Wayne Seldon. Um, I am a little worried in that same light as Malik Newman. Like, I don't know how hard he's going to play. Um, I think he is a free agent, so that could impact things in the same way it does for Malik Newman. But Wayne Selden can hit a lot of threes. He's athletic. He can get some big dunks in an event like this. Uh, He's got young legs. He should be out there for a good amount of time. I will go with uh, beautiful eyes, Wayne Selden. And you have back-to-back picks, Sam.
3: Well, back-to-back picks that leaves me actually with some options here because I need uh, I need a little bit of size mm-hmm. and then also you I don't am...
2: need size you don't get extra points for
3: it no you don't but however it, it it's good to kind of if you're going to have six picks it's maybe good to kind of uh, go diversify yeah, your portfolio find a little bit yeah. with some size, investing maybe. in
2: Apple and GameStop and exactly all these different things.
3: exactly so um, Lawson's already taken there he's got some pretty good signs. I think I'm actually going to go back to maybe a little bit of a surprising pick here this is. Just just off of a uh, uh, you know a score that was great but maybe somebody that is uh, overlooked a little bit just because we've gone purely on the male side of things but Danielle McCrae I mm. think is going to be mm. my next pick so I'm gonna have another guard I think she's pretty versatile maybe plays a little forward and that's as the well a
2: wild card pick
3: so a wild card pick for me is gonna go Danielle McCrae and,
2: and by I the think way it's that, that could be good because if you get the best wild card, that's an advantage. She scored nine points last year, uh, which is a really good number. For again, historically, a I was kind card.
3: of going off of that, but I think McCray will be my next. So uh, that will be that. And now I need to focus on a little bit of size here. Um, I think for somebody that, uh, again, has been uh, – here for the last couple of years, uh, potentially by any means, but also brings a little bit of size. Uh, does does anybody have? Somebody took Lawson, right? I took yeah, 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 KJ is still there. So KJ still open. I'm going to go with KJ. He's going to bring a little size to my forward as well. K.J.'s played well. Um, I'm not sure to my – I'm trying to look through the stats here if he's played recently. Um, but would that be a so – He's been in the uh, British Basketball Association. Gotcha. Well, I just mean from previous years, by any means. Oh, so, this is like, for the so round K- ball. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So, K.J., I'm going I'm to stick with K.J. I like his size. I like his ability. And uh, considering he's continued to play even in other
2: leagues and things like that, I think he's going to be on a nice roll. So. Okay, I am uh, stuck between four or five guys here, so this isn't a great pick. But um, I'll go with Tyshawn Taylor. So um, Tyshawn Taylor, I believe, retired from basketball. I could be wrong on that. I don't believe he spent it with uh, another team this season. but he's still, like, obviously actively playing. He's, he's running some basketball camps next week. So I think he's going to want to put on a show for the kids to be like, hey, come on out to my basketball camp. I don't know if that matters at all, but he has put on some good performances here. Um, if you actually take the guys who are returning to action – Uh, by points per game over the last five tournaments. Frank would be first with the 33 he put up in just the one game. Tyshawn Taylor would be second with the 19 points per game over uh, three of his last four appearances. 2018 ended up not playing due to injury or something like that. But um, I'm going to go Tyshawn Taylor with my third pick, which brings your next pick up, Cole.
0: This is tough. Um a lot of players that I wanted. I really wanted Daniel Danielle McCrae. I was I didn't realize that Sam was gonna be able to uh to grab her. But I think I'm going to take who's probably the best shooter left around, uh, which is downtown Terry Brown. I'm gonna grab him. Uh forty percent shooter over the course of his college career on really good volume, uh, especially for the late nineties when he was playing. So yeah, I'm gonna grab him.
2: That's a good one. I know uh, Christian Brown got a few downtown references this year. But, yeah, Terry Brown with a sweet stroke from the outside. doesn't matter how old you get. If you can shoot, you can shoot. I mean, you may not be playing as hard of defense or driving to the rim. But in an event like this, you just
1: post up from three, get in the corner, you can hit some. Um, Okay, back-to-back picks once again. Lane. All right, I have my two picks in, just basically going off of history for the Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic for my first one, I should say. Uh, I was actually stuck a little bit between Travis Relaford and Mario Little, but given the amount of points per game that he has in his last three appearances, I'm going to go with Mario Little. And, hey, there's a lot to be said about someone that wears number 23. (laughs) All right, and then my second pick, I'm going to go with my first wild card in this one. And this is one who is also young, but was a prolific scorer at KU, scored over a thousand points, and hit eight threes in a game against Baylor, that being Kylie Kapadich. And those eight threes either tied or set a school record at that point with eight three pointers made in a game against the number one team, mind you. And that was not the women's basketball tournament team that we had last year. This was in 2019, I believe. And she was without a doubt one of the best women's basketball shooters I had ever seen. I had the chance to cover her a few times uh, for the student radio when I was a student at KU. And she became one of my favorites. So, the Olathe native, Kylie Kapatic. That's a good one. She was the one I was eyeing
2: because, uh, to the point, if you're if you're going to be like a wild card player, which goes back to like taking Terry Brown, for instance, and Danielle McRae is, is kind of in the same light, uh, if, if you're someone who can just hit threes because you're going to get open shots in this event, that's, that's going to be such an advantage for that. And Mario Little, uh, I know it doesn't have this on the last five years because it was either in 2015 or 2014. Mario Little put up like 40-something points or something like that in one of these games, so he can certainly get hot in this one. Cole, you were up once again.
0: I'm a free state alumni, so I think here I'm going to take.
2: <laughs> Sam just threw his pen. He knows where. I think I where I'm go going to is. take
0: the man whose name is plastered all over our uh, little basketball records board that we have near the gym. I'm gonna grab Brady Morningstar here.
2: Yep. Ready morning so was that? No, it was
3: not actually. But I'm gonna stick with some Free State tags. Well, here. you're
2: not up. I'm up.
3: So, so why don't, don't you tell play? me
2: who you're picking, and then I'll see. No, you no, 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 <laughs> no. However, I think I gave
3: you a good enough clue here. But <laughs> well, I don't
2: know who else played at Free State. I might. It's, it's a, oh, sh- sh- I see. Quiet, quiet, Derek. Sam you Sam don't know, <laughs> know what I'm don't know what he's going referring to. The new Free State head there basketball coach. Yes, indeed.
3: So I think he's so going to have a little motivation. But no, I. That's a good point. No, I think you're going to have. I think you have the right pick.
2: I think you have the right pick. Um, I am not going to take Sharon Collins. I am going to actually go with uh, Elijah Johnson. Elijah Johnson mm-hmm. has the second most total points over the last five years of this event, only to Ben McElmore. Now, it's funny, because Ben McElmore, over the last five tournaments or, or five events of this, has 180 total points. And the drop-off all the way to second is 63. He's just <laughs> been absolutely remarkable. But uh, I'll take Elijah Johnson. And, again, another guy who I, I don't think played uh, professional basketball this year. I think he might be uh, moving on to the next chapter of his life. I don't know. Maybe he's going back to the uh, some form of overseas. Uh, after this year or something, but either way, he 's still in good shape. He played in that k u scrimmage the other day, scored seven points uh he 's going to have good legs to him and, and I imagine he'll play a good enough amount of minutes so i 'll go Elijah and, and let you have sharon well if we yeah, if we didn't uh preview it enough
3: here, but yeah, Sharon is pending approval by the board and things like that, but free State making some moves throughout the off season for both their uh, ladies and their their boys basketball teams but I think it's a guy that has Lawrence in his blood. He's going to have all the motivation in the world to come here. I believe he's played in years prior and put up close to Mm 10-something points. So I think I'm looking for a breakout night from Sharon Collins to kind of show this free state crowd. He's got that extra motivation. He's going to go with it there. So I'm going to go with Collins on my first one here and i think i've got my fifth out of six pick coming up next right if i'm not incorrect. yes you do uh... Okay. So you still uh, need
2: one wild card i still need both my wild cards is is aldrich taken at this point to go aldrich is not taken. He's i'm gonna yours. go with
3: Cole aldrich i i think it's another big man that's going to give me some size is going to give me some strength obviously i'm not necessarily sure what he's been doing in the last couple of years being over thirty years old um... i don't think that's a disadvantage for us here at this point i think he's going to come out here and really put something together and uh... again that size at points, And then we look back a couple of years, eight points last year, six points, and then 15 in 2018. That's a man that's poised to go big. So I'm going to go Aldridge.
2: Yeah, I like that one. Um, Cole's always good in this event, and that's very fitting that you ended up with Cole and Sharon, the, the dynamic duo that people always love Absolutely. and remember from KU. I have to take a wild card. I haven't taken one yet. Um, I am going to go with Chris Tihen. I think he is – I mean, he's got fresh legs. He just had a uh, national championship season. And obviously we know, like, one thing that Chris Tehan can do is shoot threes at a high level. Again, if you're like a wild card, be someone who can be on the outside. Shoot threes because you're going to get some open shots in transition. I could see Tehan giving me two or three threes from the outside. And from the wild cards, if you can give me six, nine points, I will gladly take that. So, Chris Tehan, Cole, you have your next pick.
0: This is tough. What I'm really trying to look for is just the youngest guys who are left on the board right now. <laughs> um, I think that might be Travis Relaford. So I think I'm going to have to pick up Travis Relaford here.
2: I think that's right. Um, Yeah, I don't know who else would be. Yeah, it's got to be Relaford. Get the young legs in there. Um, So, Lane, you have back-to-back picks to finish out your draft. One of them has to be a wild card.
1: You are correct on that, and I'm looking at my available options, and, you know, my big board is, you know, kind of dwindling a little bit, but... For my non-wildcard pick, I'm gonna go with another prolific shooter in Kansas basketball history, and was a uh, was a subject of the of an earlier segment on this show. I'm gonna go with Tyrell Reed. Okay. He was a pretty good uh, pretty good scorer, and um, always had the famous shouting to the Missouri, uh, Missouri student game. section after that big three that he hit in I believe 2011. All right, and then finally, I have to go with my wild card, and man, so here's the wild card
2: still available. Okay, Ron Kellogg, who's warming up right now. We had him on the show yesterday. Uh, Billy Thomas, who Billy Thomas, another great three point shooter. Both those guys, all time great shooters in KU history. Nick Bradford, more of a slasher. Uh, Played on the 96-2000 Jayhawks. Christian Moody, who was once dubbed the greatest walk-on in KU basketball history. And Brandon McAnderson, our uh, friend of the show and former Orange Bowl winning running back who scored a bucket last year. So those are the five wild cards. And I I mention all those, too, because I think all four of us have to take a wild card in this
1: this final round. We do, yes. All right, I am down to my final three. And my final three, which is probably going to be a coin flip, but with three sides. Um, And that's going to be between Christian Moody, Brandon McAnderson, and Billy Thomas. Um, So, I am going to pick one random in my head (laughs) and... You know what, as a broadcaster, i got to give some respect to another fellow broadcaster, and that being the sideline reporter for Kansas football, I will go with Brandon McAnderson.
2: Okay, I love it. Um, hopefully BMAC comes out here soon and we can chat with him. He's always fun to talk to. He, I, I hope that he can get four points because then he'd move into first for the uh, football players, scoring over the last, once we include this year's six events in this thing. So, Cole, you have the next pick. Once again, you have to take a wild card.
0: You know, you were saying it earlier, shooting stroke is the last thing to go. I'm taking Billy Thomas.
2: Yeah, Billy Thomas was that dynamic scorer on those great teams with Paul Pierce, Ray FlaFrence, and uh Jock Vaughn so forth. And uh, he's I mean he's put up some some pretty good numbers in this. He had nine last year, he hit a couple threes in twenty seventeen, hit a three in twenty nineteen. He's he's a, a nice consistent option. I have my next wild card. I'm gonna go with Ron Kellogg. Ron Kellogg is mm-hmm. getting warm right now. This clearly means something to him. Hmm. Oh, we just missed that shot, so I don't feel great about it. <laughs> um, I'm gonna change my pick. No, I'm just joking. Okay, no, you I'm made that one. Show. There we go. Um, okay, so Ron Kellogg. Uh, we had him on yesterday. He still got the confidence. He still got the stroke. He said he's staying in shape, he's going 10, 15 miles on the Peloton every day. I like it. Ron Kellogg is going to get double-digit points today. That's what that's what he told me yesterday. He said he can hit two, three, four threes or something like that. I'm banking on him getting hot. I like it, Ron Kellogg. If only this was a Saturday where he scored all those 30-point games. It's a Thursday. <laughs> But give me Ron Kellogg and uh, Sam, you get to finish out the draft with either Nick Bradford or Christian Moody. I was going to say, boy, you took uh, a kid from the stands. That's right. I forgot about that. Okay. Uh, So I could be. Because let me put this up. The kid from the stands. So we had uh, 2021, we didn't have a kid from the stands come out due to COVID. So there is the risk that no kid comes out, right? 2019, they scored two. 2018, a kid from the stands scored five. 2017-5, 2016-4. 2017-5, 2016-4. So, like, you're going to get a couple buckets if a kid comes out of the stands. You know it. They are going to make it work. They're going to, like, usually Cole Aldridge will lift the kid up and let him, like, dunk the basketball. Like, it is going to be manufactured easy points. I see what you're doing here. You're putting the I'm sales, just saying, you're putting <laughs> sales <laughs> on something. It,
3: <laughs> you, you said it's not even a guarantee that we're going to have a kid come out of the, fan, uh, the stands here. To be honest, I was really uh, – I've – Kind of already made my decision. It was between two, and you took one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was either Bradford or Kellogg. So uh, truly, I think Nick Kellogg, it's going to add a little bit more size. I think I've got some big guys, uh, some good size to my team, but I think I've got some prolific shooters and and some good guards as well, kind of mixed in in there. So that's kind of what I was going for. It was a good mixture of everything. But uh, I think Nick three minutes station, would be a good way to uh, to kind of combine a guard and maybe a down low person as well. Uh, to round out my six.
2: Okay, so here's the here's the only other rule that I have. If the um, undrafted team, because we ended up with the exact amount, six players who are undrafted. If the undrafted team, Greg Ostertag, Jeff Graves, Russell Robinson, Jeff Hawkins, the wild cards of Christian Moody and Kid from the Sands. If the undrafted team ends up winning this event, then whoever finishes last has to do two sporting oh, events. Oh, and oh I like it. Picks both of the sporting events.
3: I do. That's I only know, if I
2: Undrafted wins, which the likelihood of that does not seem very high. Um, but here are the teams Sam, you have Devon Dotson, uh, KJ Lawson, Sharon Collins, Cole Aldridge. Your wild cards are Danielle McCray and Nick Bradford. I have Diedrich Lawson, Wayne Seldon, Tyshawn Taylor, Elijah Johnson. Wild cards of Chris Tehan and Ron Kellogg. Cole has Devontae Graham, Malik Newman, uh, Brady Morningstar, and Travis Rellaford. Wild cards of Terry Brown and Billy Thomas. And Lane has Frank Mason, Sviatoslav Mikhailuk. Mario Little, Tyrell Reed with wild cards of Kylie Kopatich and Brandon McAnderson. Boys, I think we have a pretty good lineup. Here. I think we, we do. I, yeah. honestly,
3: Cole back in the studio, Derek Lane, I think all of us have a have a pretty good competitive look for tonight. Yes we do. It's well, be well uh, fun.
2: good job everyone. We're going to take a timeout here. When we come back, we spoke with Diedrich Lawson yesterday. We are going to re-air that interview, uh, catching up with Diedrich, my first-round pick, and hopefully somebody who goes for 40 points tonight. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it.